0: Good morning. Today's broadcast called to The Blue Sky. This is Face the Music, a Jeff Lynn's Electric Light Orchestra Song by Song podcast.
1: When I was a boy, I learned to play. Love and rain. She's turned into the ball. When the night comes, and the sun will shine. On you.
2: I'm Eric Paul Johnson. And I'm Eric Winsonson.
0: Okay, so what we do here is we read your comments that didn't make it to our Zoomcasts on our YouTube channel, the Electric Light Orchestra podcast channel over there on YouTube. So if you didn't hear your comment there, you might hear it here. And if you didn't hear it in either one, then it got lost in the shuffle or I didn't see it before it was time to do it. Uh, just like some of these comments here, which are leftovers that came in a little late. First one coming up is One Day. Trevor Raggett says, MJ Folds,
2: thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Me too. I always hear the end of the theme to Red Dwarf whenever I listen to that bit of the song. I doff my hat to you, good sir. I raise a glass of fresh mango juice to you. You're an absolute smeghead.
0: For Lucky Motel, Aaron Jansen said, of course they're different songs. But there are some melodic similarities between this song and the chorus of the Traveling Wilburys' New Blue Moon. Maybe I'm crazy, but I couldn't get that out of my head. took me a while to mentally sort through the Jeff Lynne catalog to piece the two together. From the American Hustle soundtrack is Stream of Stars. Similar songs. Maybe even recorded around the same time. I like both songs, but to me they're nothing more than filler on an album cool tracks, but forgettable. Not because they aren't good songs, but there's an edge or energy missing from the production. I
2: never thought it G Brewer says, I love Lucky Motel. This song, and thanks to you guys, to Eric's, it was put up on my radar. I think it has the skeletal works of after all. Xanadu's unreleased rocking Closing theme.
0: Alright, now your comments about certain songs from across the universe? No, Alone in the Universe.
2: Now you can tell right there, friends, that he don't know nothing.
0: When I was a boy. Mark Jealous. When I was getting to the end of the chorus. I keep rolling into a verse of A Whiter Shade of Pale. Yeah, I don't mind this at all.
1: When I was a boy, I had a dream. Turn the wider shit
0: Up next, The Sun Will
2: Shine On You. Corey Gomel says, Time to introduce you to Don E. Sula. He stood 5 feet 19 inches, as he would say, and one of the tallest ELO fans. We were college roommates and best friends. When we met, I was the short Met fan. He was the tall Cub fan. I later converted to the Astros. His license plates were Cubs 08 for the last time the Cubs won the World Series. He was a devoted religious man who went on to seminary schooling and received his doctorate. He kept moving up the religious hierarchy and once I told him, when God retires, you're up. I am famously an atheist. Part of that opposites attract thing and why we got along so well. He was so excited about this song. To him, it was the closest thing to Jeff Lynn preaching and giving us a glimpse into his religious side. The song starts off like a prayer. He even joked that he misspelled sun and he really meant the sun will shine on you, S-O-N. Don passed away early in 2016 and missed his beloved Cubs win the 2016 World Series. Some say his help from heaven was the only reason the Cubs won. This song was played at his funeral. And now for the last word on the subject, you or me, the sun is supposed to shine on you. But the very last word sung is me or you. It's kind of blurred.
1: The sun will shine on you.
2: As sure as the last words of Queen's One Vision is fried chicken. chicken. I'm absolutely 100% positive. I am not sure here. I think I hear a Y sound and an E sound. Maybe Jeff forgot which way he wanted to end the song and tried to cover both ways. I hear both.
3: But that ain't the way I heard it. Hello, this is Troy again. Uh, One more thing. I listened to The Sun Will Shine On You, and I really liked what Eric Wincensen had to say about how putting a banjo in The Sun Will Shine On You might have enhanced the song a bit, and I do agree. I also think that maybe if Jeff had put some banjo in All My Love, that might have enhanced it a bit more and again. Neither one of us is talking about bluegrass-style banjo playing, but some Irish-style banjo playing, the kind that Matchbox 20 used in their song, Unwell. I'm not a big fan of them, but I do like that song, and I do like Push. But anyway, that's just something I wanted to add. Thank you. Talk to you next week.
0: And a comment from Corey about Ain't It a Drag. I did not like the video, but love the song. Again, not crazy about the lyrics. The word drag, in particular. I looked it up on Google, and the last time anyone used the word drag, not meaning anything to do with a cigarette, was 1965. Okay, that was completely made up. I'm also not crazy about the way he sings the word drag. drag. It sounds like his vocal drags. Almost like the song downshifts on that word. Maybe that's intentional, but I'm not crazy about it. And he says the word so many times. Ain't it a drag, baby? Ain't it a drag, babe? Oh, what a drag, babe. You're telling me. And if you're stealing words from olden days, you might as well end the line with, believe you me, believe you me, as my grandmother used to say, instead of, you're telling me. I think my grandmother's line fits better too. I also have a problem with the lyrics, you go your way and I'll go mine. We'll never meet until the next time. Wait, what? Come on, Jeff. So close. I sing the line this way. You go your way and I'll go mine. We'll never meet until the end of time. Yeah, I sing this song in the shower. And that's a showstopper, I gotta say. Oh my God! The music, however, I enjoy more than enough to overcome the lyrical shortcomings. The real fun is if you squint your ears at the end of Ain't It a Drag, I swear you can hear Jeff sing the line Alien in Drag. So naturally, I thought of Roger from American Dad.
4: Roger, don't
0: you look beautiful? Well, if you want to go more old school for a line, um, my grandma used to say, eeny, meeny, miny, mo catch i n- I'm not going to finish that. I should also say that my grandma wasn't a racist. She was just born a very long time ago. But oh, people used to say that word, and they didn't think anything of it. We, we don't go there, just... Yes,
5: All right, next up. Hey, Eric, this is John in Central Ohio. I just wanted to say I just recently listened to your episode 185 for I'm Leaving You from Alone in the Universe. And I have to say this was probably my favorite song off that album from the very first time I ever heard it. First time I ever heard that song, I thought that opening would have made a great music cue as part of a smash cut from final scene to end credits of an episode of Mad Men. Just this sheer 60s-ness of that song. I love it. Thanks, guys. Keep up the good work. Your song touched me in a way I've never felt
0: before. And which way did it can? One step at a time.
2: Cosmo Kramer says, Is one step at a time the classic ELO string accented sound we know and love from the 70s? No, but it would fit nicely as a track on Discovery and all the ELO albums which followed. And that's a good thing for me, since I'm not so much of an ELO purist to be a Discovery hater. On the contrary, I actually really like Discovery for what it is. And so I also really like one step at a time for what it is. And I'll say one more thing. Jeff was 67 when he wrote this song. How many 67-year-old musical artists are making very good songs like this? I dare say none other than Jeff. He really is a marvel. Edit. Okay, there is one other artist who wrote a great song very close to that age. In 2008, the 66-year-old former Beatle, Pete Best, came out with the terrific track, Gone.
0: crap that was friggin' awesome i never knew that song existed i mean last i heard about beat best he was a pastry chef but that was like in 1983 or something i didn't know he did music he did friggin' awesome music at least as far as that song goes i dare say that's better th- no i don't dare say i do say that's better than every single upbeat track on alone in the universe and of course you can only find it on YouTube. It's not on Spotify. It's not on Apple Music. I couldn't find it any place, which sucks, because that is a friggin' awesome song. I could listen to that thing 100,000 times a day and never get tired of it.
2: Yes, it is a pretty awesome song. And, like a lot of the ELO stuff, it is a late career song, which shows that you can still do something in your late career, especially since most of Pete Best's career was being bitter about being kicked out of the Beatles, including releasing an album in the 60s called Best of the Beatles. That's a pretty smart marketing move.
0: You can slap Beatles on anything if you wanted to sell a lot of it in 63, 64.
2: Yes. Nowhere on the album does it say, on the, at least on the front, that it's uh, from Peter Best, the drummer that had been in the Beatles, but it just says Best of the Beatles. I don't think it sold very much anyway. But uh, I think he came into his own a little bit more after the Archives series because, well, they made sure that he got some royalties for what he did. And when he started working on stuff that uh, didn't rely on people remembering that he was the former drummer of the Beatles, things got a lot better by, uh, and this is a good example of that here.
4: Man, I really dig that acid
0: rock. And comments about Alone in the Universe. Vinnie Corbett had this to say, Good song! Alone in the Universe reminds me of Drive by the Cars. Similar rhythm patterns, I think. You know, I never noticed that before.
5: Hey guys, John from Central Ohio here been listening to the podcast on Alone in the Universe to finish out the Alone in the Universe album and I have to agree with you guys I think this is the absolute best song on the album it's really in my opinion the only song on the album and the first one in quite a long time that sounds like an ELO song in fact I think if you listen to it with the right frame of mind you can actually pick up the fact that it has something of the old prog rock tone to it. I also agree with you guys. Great way for them to finish out the album. The sequencing on this one was perfect to put the title track at the end of the album. Hey, keep up the good work. Appreciate it. When
6: things quiet down, you're going to be a very sweet man to be with.
5: This is the unmistakable sound of Jeff Lynne's ELO
1: what life could
5: with the new album Alone in the Universe.
1: Don't wanna it me crazy. Just wanna sing do you love me baby. When I was a boy. I had to... Jeff Lynne's
5: ELO Alone in the Universe the new album.
6: This is denise crosby tasha yar from star trek the next generation and you're listening to face the music an electric light orchestra song by song podcast
0: now that you've uh, made your way through across the universe greatest ELO album if not greatest album ever across the universe Alone in the universe.
2: (laughs) Once again, you're mentioning songs we would rather be listening to. (laughs) Yeah. um, mm -hmm. Both the Beatles and the Lybach version. Yes, there is a version by Lybach.
0: I have no idea who that is.
2: Oh, they were a Slovenian um, industrial art group that combined pop music and fascist imagery.
0: Okay. there are are at least four or five reasons in there that explain why I've never heard of them.
2: (laughs) Yes, but they actually did the entire Let It Be album. Except Mm. for the song Let It Be. Okay. Because they considered it the Beatles' worst album.
0: Uh, I mean, even the worst Beatles album is still pretty good.
2: Yep, but what about the worst ELO album?
0: You know? Let's find out.
2: (laughs) Well... I would say out of all the ones that I've heard... Alone in the Universe is actually the worst. (laughs) I mean, I'm even including the weird... experimental stuff on the first album. The um, more boring stuff off the second and the third... (laughs) considering. But at least it was experimental and creative even sometimes when it went on too long. (laughs) This... Had one good song when I was a boy to begin the album. Then it had some other songs. Then it had Ain't It a Drag, which is actually a song I liked. I think there's another song I liked in there someplace before the title track came along, which I really, really, really liked the title track. But for the most part, getting through this is a very long well it's not very it feels longer than it is <laughs> but it's a slog hmm. it's like every creative bit of energy had just evaporated in jeff Lynn at this particular time and that's what the album feels like hmm. i like balance of power more than this because even though it's contractual obligation it still has some good songs on it might be clattery keyboards everywhere, but <laughs> it's still got a lot more good stuff on there than this does. Zoom is a much better album <laughs> than this, because at least Zoom, he's got some guests on there that uh, are a little bit high profile and add something to it. This, it's just him and some guy playing tambourine. And shakers. And shakers. Yes. Yeah, they went and found uh, an old 19th century religious group that believed in abstinence, which is horrible for your religious movement, (laughs) and (laughs) complete abstinence. Not just abstinence before marriage, but abstinence, period. (laughs) Yeah, that doesn't grow your movement very much. Yeah. And he went and found a couple of them and put them on the album. Or am I thinking different shakers?
0: You might be thinking entirely different people. (laughs) okay.
2: So when I was a boy, ain't it a drag and alone in the universe for the most part while he's talking I'm gonna be looking up to make sure I'm not missing anything but it really didn't do much for me. if you're including this with all the ElO stuff, which we should. Mm-hmm. Um, it is the worst
0: <laughs> of them all. How many stars?
2: Two and a half? <laughs>
6: hmm.
2: And that's only because Alone in the Universe is such a good song that it actually does up the rating a little bit from where it would normally be, which would just be two.
0: Yeah. It was a couple years after this album came out before I finally had a chance to listen to it, because I was poor, I couldn't afford to buy it, and then I discovered, oh right, Spotify. And I listened to it in one pass, and I was just... Well, I felt like I'd passed out, because it it was so bland. I gave it another try a couple years later, and... Yeah, it was still bland. As a whole, there's nothing on this album that stands out. When I was a boy, that's great. That's good. The rest of it, I wouldn't have been able to tell you anything about it, because to me, they all had the same sort of sound. So I went into this album, wishing I could end the podcast right now. When I was a boy and goodbye. We're done here. But we have to go through it. And... Song by Song? Actually, there are songs on here that I liked. I couldn't stand Ain't in the drag. Dirty to the Bone, I hate that one. Whatever the second song was, I didn't like that. I thought that was a terrible drop-off. Love and Rain. Oh, yes, that's right. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm, I'm looking
2: it up here. Yeah, and it just reminded me, One Step at a Time was one I kind of liked, too. You.
0: you liked it, I didn't. Yeah, Love and Rain. I liked Jeff's daughter's voice on that, but the song, I don't know, I just felt like, when I was a boy, that was great, and love and rain and ah, we're done. Like you just stepped off a cliff into a pool of rehash. <laughs> Shaving cream. Be, yes. Be nice and clean. Yes. <laughs> but when you, you got when you listen to one song a week, I actually found songs that I did like, and I would put on playlists, and I would enjoy. The one that sounds Roy Orbison. I liked that one. You were kind of eh about it. And this is the problem I'm having. Maybe I need to listen to them more because I don't know titles. And I don't know how, alone in the universe, the song, why it didn't hit me until we actually got to the song in the podcast. I think I do know why. Because
2: you were asleep by the time that song came on.
0: Right. Um, it's <laughs> it's like the Billy Joel video for Tell Her About It. He comes off stage and there's Rodney Dangerfield saying, Great, thanks. Oh my God, you got the crowd worked up, huh? Thank you very much. And he's already because you know at that point when a crowd is happy and all worked up they'll laugh at anything even Rodney Dangerfield's act I don't get no respect no respect from anyone I'm just giving him no respect I like Rodney Dangerfield (laughs) I'm just I like Rodney Dangerfield I think he's pretty funny but instead out goes the dancing bear and Rodney's oh no he's going to bring this crowd down and I think that's what it is with this album oh when I was a boy that's great here comes something lame followed by something lame and then by the time you hit a good song, you're just you're really not in the up mood to just really get into it. So I think that's why as a whole for the album, listening to it straight through. I don't think it's really all that great. It is a slog to get through. But It's only 32 minutes. Yeah, it's not very long. But, you know, you pick out certain songs. It's like, you know, that one's actually a good one. I like that. I'm having a tough time giving a rating for this one, because I think I gave the first album 0.75 star, but I don't want to give this one a higher rating than the first album. Even though I wasn't crazy about the sound of the first album, at least the first album got experimental. It tried things. It went into weird places. Well, let's see what happens here. Here, let's give a soliloquy about a 17th century battle in England, and maybe play it out in music as much as everybody hates it, at least it was daring. At least everything on that album took chances. Even the good stuff here, when I was a boy and alone in the universe, I don't think anything on this album takes any chances. I mean, obviously not, since a lot of it sounds like 1990 or Zoom 2, Zoom Again. I want to give it one star. You can always raise your
2: rating for the first album.
0: I suppose I could. I'll give it two stars for an adventurous spirit in that first album. This album, I think I'd give it two. If you yanked out some of those lame tracks, put in the bonus tracks, which were really pretty freaking great, I think you'd actually have a pretty decent album here. Instead, you've got a, well, an album. The album itself, it's not something I'm ever going to go and think, oh my God, sweet Jesus, I got to hear Alone in the Universe. I I have no desire to, to buy it. But certain songs from it, yeah, I'll add them to playlists and I will enjoy them.
2: I'll still end up buying it at some point. Keep in mind, when I say two and a half stars, he's comparing it to other ELO albums. I'm comparing it to the fact that I just found out Glenn Campbell did two Christian rock albums in the 90s.
0: You didn't know that?
2: (laughs) No, I didn't know that and I just recently heard them. (laughs) Yeah? So when I'm saying two and a half stars, I'm still not saying hey, this is a better album than a lot of other stuff that's out there. I'm saying, well, I'm saying this is a better album than stuff like that. Right. <laughs> it's still better than Glenn Campbell's Christian Rock stuff.
0: I will still listen to this any day
2: over Thriller. <laughs> yes. I have never, ever liked... I never, I never
0: liked anything off of Thriller, so... I can put up with Beat It if I have to, but other than that, no. And when I figure my ratings, I do figure in past ELO albums and try and rate it standing on its own. And even standing on its own, it's kind of, well, it's it's an album. <laughs> and we're through it.
2: And we are done with it, thank goodness.
0: Yes. Now we get to move on to the far superior album, Time. <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Now, the one thing that we've discussed before going through the songs that's frustrating is this album would be better if all these bonus tracks were actually part of the album. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Just including these as part of the actual album and cutting out uh, the more boring stuff would at least knock this up to about a three. Mm
0: Hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
2: So maybe even a three and a half. Yeah yeah the good stuff was all left off the album so (laughs) yeah yeah what we have here though yeah and i think it from what i've little i've heard of from out of nowhere so far i think this is probably going to stay (laughs) (laughs) yeah the worst one we'll see but uh i can't really say that lynn has put out anything worse than this other than maybe his disco record
0: you know, I actually like the disco record more than at least <laughs> that's
2: adventurous too, so at least I can probably dance too.
0: Yeah. No, I liked the disco record more than I liked this album.
4: My name's Alan Steer. Cares.
2: And I'm his wife, Donna Stair. You're not a cop, are you? Join us for the WKRP cast. It's a week-by-week, episode-by-episode podcast, giving you a chance to re-watch, review, and re-love WKRP.
5: Tons of trivia, stories, background information, and when possible, interview.
2: Don't miss the WKRP cast.
5: Subscribe now, available every Tuesday. I'm
2: at
6: WKRP in Cincinnati.
2: Alone in the Universe was released on November 13, 2015. The album got to number 127 in France, 70 in Italy, 34 in Canada, reached number 26 on Spain's album chart, 24 in New Zealand, 23 in Poland, and number 22 in Finland. The album peaked at number 15 in Australia and 14 in Austria. Norway put it at number nine in Belgium, I do apologize for the language, It topped out at number eight. It hit number seven in Germany and Switzerland. Five in Sweden was number six in Ireland. In Scotland and the UK got to number four. Also in the UK, it got to number one on the rock and metal album chart. On the Billboard charts in America, it got to number 23 on the album chart, 14 on the album sales chart, number 2 on the Top Rock Albums chart, and number 1 on Billboard's Top Tastemaker Albums chart. For 2015, it ranked as the 18th most popular album in the UK, and number 59 in the US on Billboard's Top Rock Albums for 2016. The album was certified platinum in the United Kingdom.
1: Hello. Just shut
5: up and phone! Six two three eight five oh three three seven five. Call now
7: I have never been so nervous to call a voicemail before in my life.
0: Nah don't worry. Eric
7: Paul Johnson. Uh, I am a big fan of yours. I love you. Love uh-huh. the ELO podcast. I've been listening since the first album. I've been following ELO since Out of the Blue. I still miss your Top 40 podcast. And I was a Chicago Brandmeier listener. Cool. uh, And actually saw him in concert once in Chicago. Cool. And I've stolen your tagline of I think we're done here uh, (laughs) at work. I use that all the time. (laughs) Cool. I was wondering if you guys had a P.O. box that I could send checks to to support you. I have no means to give you money through PayPal.
0: Ah, prison.
7: Uh, Of course, I don't know how you're going to contact me with that PO box for me to send money to you, but this is a truthful offer. Although you don't owe me from anybody, I am telling the truth. I would love to throw some chuckles your way and support you and support everything you do because I think you're doing a great job and I give you a lot of respect for doing all that you do. And following your dream of entertaining Mm. what you do. Mm. And I just thought maybe a P.O. box would be generic enough where you wouldn't think (laughs) I'm stalking you. And uh, that's about it. Uh, Love you guys and love all the work you guys do. And really enjoy the podcast. Listen to it every week and appreciate it. Thank you for All the entertainment you bring me. For free. Which, as I said, I would be willing to help out if I could. All right, I've rambled enough. Thank you. Bye.
0: Thank you. I have a fan. That's great. Somebody loves me. I mean, other than my wife. She's legally obligated to love me. We signed documents in front of witnesses and all that, so she has to. I guess I'm going to have to bring back my American Top 40s podcast uh, in November. It's going to have to follow through on my promise. Here's a little secret about me If you know who Jonathan Brammeyer is And who Dr. Demento is Then you instantly have my You're pretty cool I saw John live a couple of times When he was in Phoenix So I'm at the Day at the Dirt concert On January 31st, 1982 And I was at the Farewell to the Loons concert On February 8th, 1983 And I was listening to him Right from that first show at KZZP Back on February 9th, 1981 And I would kill to have that February 9th, 1981, Jonathan Brammeyer show. I've been waiting over 40 years to hear that again. Uh, We do have a P.O. Box. So if anybody out there wants to send us gifts or cash or checks, that would be great. Um, You know, if you don't trust the internet and PayPal, which, understandable, things get hacked. Or if, like this guy, you're in prison and they limit your access to the internet, Yes, we have a P.O. Box. And what you do is you make those monthly checks of $6,000 out to Eric Winsensen. And I trust him, so he'll disperse the money between all of us. And this way, each one of us who works on the podcast gets $1,000 a month. And if that's happening, then yeah, this podcast is going to go on beyond ELO. We'll keep going through Idol Race, Move, Violinsky orchestra, Jeff Lynn produced stuff, all that. The Electric Dream soundtrack, even. So, make those checks out to Eric Winsensen, and the address is P.O. Box 28490 Tempe, Arizona 85285 And you can be like these cool people who donated to the podcast through patreon.com slash elopod or at PayPal using the email address E-L-O-F-T-M-podcast at gmail.com Tanya Farhi
3: My name is pronounced
0: Farhi Christopher Mainwaring Rob Eben Alex Hernandez Mark Jealous Diane Hughes Louis Mendoza Robert Berry Roland Leger, Stacey Reed Silver Wings, David M. Stowe Dono Jill Chennault Frederick Sko, James Crow and through PayPal Hellbag Very special thank yous to Tracer Anthony for his podcast cover artwork, and Stephen St. John for the Alone in the Universe Pulsar version music bed used in our album discussion.
3: Here's your ticket to ride the Hit Express starring superstar
4: Rod Stewart. Today's hottest rock on one Smash album headlining Humanly. Van Halen. Classic Florida.
7: Hard-Riding Police. Phil Collins.
4: Supergroup Journey. Hit Express is Genesis. Paul Lanham. Huey Lewis and the News.
3: Field.
5: Working out with Loverboy. Get on America's hottest album, k tails Hit Express. Everybody In stores now.
7: Back to ELO.
4: Good all, everybody. It's me that down a guy behind that Xanadu thing, and here's my whatever. Uh, wrap up take on whatever on Alone in the Universe as an album. After the wreckage of Zoom and his unfortunate canceled tour Jeff went back to his natural habitat, the recording studio and us fans either licked our wounds and or went on our lives outside of any hopes for new ELO in the immediate future. As disappointed as I was with the Zoom package I was glad about a couple of things. One, I got to see Jeff in concert. Two, I was not in high school where I'm very sure I'll have my uncool band's latest failure rubbed deeper into my face until my teeth fall out. So the arrival of Alone in the Universe was a monumental moment in my ELO life. I'm sure, Jeff was sticking to his lo-fi sound no matter what at this point, which brought a certain level of incoming dread like Zoom Part 2. And I already heard his ELO covers album Mr. Blue Sky, so that didn't freaking help. However, Longwave cushioned the blow. And then there was that Live at Hyde Park show. At this point, it seemed that Jeff is grabbing for some legacy recognition, which led him to adding his name to the ELO title. still flipping the coin on that one. Yeah, I understand why he did it. Thank you, Bev Bivin, you idiot. But it still feels like too much baggage is thrown under that table. As it turned out, the album itself was a calm reminder why I still love ELO. You can go through my individual track reviews for the details, but as a whole, I felt Jeff began to readjust his old sound since, say, Armchair Theater, with his older, more popular sound, like any album from 1976 to 1983. Unlike Zoom, the pluses outweighed the minuses just enough not to bring on the pain from Zoom. The additional soundscapes floating in the background, Richard Tandy's involvement, tracks like when I was a boy, and Jeff's drumming performances wasn't so strict and lazy. It's not meant to be just like the old days, but that's good enough. Them old days we lust for never do last forever. Only in your head do they live, exaggerated into infinity, and cried over stale beer. So, yeah, I do like the Universe album, and that's good enough. Still, Zoom sucks. Period.
0: There's been a lot of talk among all of us here at Face the Music and Electric Light Orchestra Song by Song Podcast about how much better this album would have been if some tracks had been dropped and replaced by the bonus tracks. Well, there's really not enough time for all, what, six of us, four, five of us, to give out their rundown of the album. So we'll just narrow it down to me, because I'm, I'm the one that's here right now. So what would an Eric Paul Johnson sequence, Alone in the Universe sound like? Well, it might sound a little something like this.
1: Don't want to work on the milk or the bread Just want to play my guitar instead when I was a boy, I had a dream. Then wait. turn from the darkness and go through it all, just remember that it's all right to be true, and the sun will shine on you. Fall line, waiting for the big time, sends a shiver down your spine, living on the fall line, waiting in the sun, with the big meter on, but it comes without a sign. Just in their life.
4: That sounds nice!
0: Join the Facebook group Jeff Lynn's Blue World. Not only can you post anything even slightly tangentially related to ELO, without some tin-plated nerd with delusions of godhood deleting or blocking you, not only can you debate ELO without someone questioning your authenticity as an ELO fan if you dare not like a song by Jeff Lynn, but best of all, you can <laughs> ELO calendar, ties, Tumblr, pens, and many other quality, unauthorized, unlicensed ELO merchandise. Is
4: this a great country or what? But
0: you can only win that stuff at Jeff Lynn's Blue World on Facebook. My blue world.
2: And now, back to Face the Music, an electric light orchestra song by Song Podcast.
3: Well hey, this is Dr. Troy with my final thought on the Alone in the Universe album. Now I admit I didn't like this album all that much after I first heard it. There were a couple of tracks I liked. But after hearing it a couple more times, I've warmed up to it a bit. I wanna talk about a couple of tracks on which my opinion has changed. The first one is Love and Rain. I didn't hate the song when I first heard it. But I felt kind of ho-hum about it. There were a couple of things I really liked. What Corey calls the walking guitar riff. That was very infectious, and it becomes even more infectious with each listen. And I love the double-track backing vocals of Jeff's daughter. This is Jeff singing the blues, and I think he does it very well. And he is departing from that rut, on this track at least. From that rut, he seems to have been stuck in the Traveling Wilburys Cloud Nine armchair theater rut, so I would like to hear more songs like this from Jeff in the future. The second track is The Sun Will Shine On You. Now again, I didn't hate the song the first time I heard it. I loved the beginning, but I thought it kind of fell apart after that. But after a couple more listens, it's become my favorite track on the album and one of my all-time favorite ELO tracks this is a very beautiful song and for those who may be wondering a troy just what exactly do you want from elo in the 21st century well this is it this song is what i'm looking for it doesn't have an overabundance of strings it doesn't have choirs but it's produced really well and it's a beautiful song And this is what I would expect from ELO in 2015-2016. Also, I loved the song Alone in the Universe when I first heard it. I thought it was reflective of uh, classic ELO. But I just couldn't resist taking some pot shots at some of the YouTube comments. I mean, come on, have you actually read some of the YouTube comments on some of ELO's latest stuff? I mean, even the good stuff, I mean, better than a new world record, That's a good song, but I don't think so. So after listening to the album a couple of more times, I'm raising my grip.
0: Troy White, showing everybody that the voicemail cuts you off when it hits three minutes. I did ask him to call back and finish up where he left off, but uh, I can't wait anymore. So he's also showing that uh, when you miss a deadline, the train goes on without you. So... Humanity will never know now how many stars Troy gave alone in the universe.
3: Ah, crap!
0: Taste the Music, an Electric Light Orchestra's song-by-song podcast, is a production of Radio Trolla Entertainment,
6: Assorted Deli Meets Amalgamated. You can contact us by voicemail at
0: 623-850-3375 or email us at eloftmpodcast at gmail.com. Keep up to date on the show by joining our Facebook group and spread the word by sharing the link or giving us a quick rating on iTunes. You can financially support the podcast at patreon.com
6: slash ELO pod next week episode 191 handle with care what was that
2: Oh uh, no no <laughs> we're not doing the zoom cast today I'm stalking you <laughs>